Meaning, in other words, in the daily parlance word, ugly fellow. <laughs> so, who is this ugly? You know, because this uh, the word ugly is a subjective word, correct? Yeah. Because to that person, they, they may not think I am ugly, right? You may think that the person is ugly, but they may say that, you know, I am very good looking. And to their loved ones, you know, like their mother, etc., they may be very good looking. But so therefore, it's a very subjective term, ugly. And, uh, and also, if we take it even a little more objectively, disfigured, some disfigurement is there. And then therefore, you know, uh, sometimes these things happen, you know, certain uh, uh, terrible diseases like uh, leprosy and other things, they disfigure the face, the body. And so this disfigurement and in and through one's own subjective assessment of what is ugly is, you know, we, we are asked here to transcend that and see Bhagavan. Wherever there is what? There is a certain judgment, that judgment is suspended and then, you know, oh, this person is Virupa means ugly, like Attavakra. Attavakra was born with eight bends in his body. And that we say, that's because when he was in the womb of the mother, the mother was uh, studying Vedanta. And, uh, uh, you know, which is a very commendable practice when one is expecting a baby. And then, but what happened? He was already uh, born nearly enlightened. And he was listening to, uh, he was not yet born, so he was nearly enlightened even in the womb. And he was listening to the teacher's discourses. And the teacher, by way of trying to ascertain whether the mother had understood what was being said, the teacher would ask some questions, you know, like we do in the Vedanta class. So what is this, you know? And when the rope is discovered, where does the snake go? Like this, these kinds of questions the teacher would ask to ascertain the understanding. And so, uh, and the mother, uh, you know, gave wrong answers. Now, and each, and she gave eight wrong answers because she was a Vedanta newbie, Vedantin wannabe, not yet a Vedantin, more Vedant out than Vedantin, as it, as it uh, turns out. And so, she gave wrong answers each, uh, each time, and each time she gave the wrong answer, the baby in the womb cringed. Ayo, how can she do this? And so, because the bones were not formed and it cringed this way out of, you know, like uh, just surprise, uh, so he was born with eight bends in his body. Nobody took him seriously. To his mother, he was the most beautiful boy. And uh, nobody took him seriously until he started to open his mouth. When he opened his mouth, nothing that came out of his mouth was disfigured. Everything was perfect. He had infallible understanding. But uh, the thing is to look at, uh, you know, it was not, uh, what is that? It was, uh, let us say, he would not have made an ideal bridegroom. And uh, so like this, you know, so this Virupa, this is when we think of Virupa, we think of, you know, cases like this, Ashtavakra and all these, uh, you know, historical cases and mythological cases where we, uh, you know, we have to see the Lord in all this disfigurement. 
So in all these disfigurement, you have to see the God. And Asuras come to mind because the Asuras have a way of uh, coming in a very beautiful form. Shurpanakha comes to mind. When Shurpanakha came with her proposal, and you know, she was not very discriminating to give her the benefit of doubt. Um, she was okay. She, she would have preferred to marry Rama, but when he said, you know, I'm a one, you know, I have Egapatni Vrata, I am a one wife guy, why don't you consider my brother? She was open to it, you know. So <laughs> we have to give her some credit for that. And, uh, well, you know, and then, uh, you know, she she tried to, you know, sell how good a wife she would make Lakshana. Lakshana. And all this time she, she had appeared in a beautiful form. And then what happened? When Lakshmana also rejected her, she decided to have them both for breakfast. Ah. Yeah. So, this is what happened. She was not doing Prajapatya Khritya. That is for sure. <laughs> she decided to have them for breakfast. And so, therefore, what? Therefore, we, you know, uh, therefore, we, uh, they, they, they were, you know, uh, they basically had to, uh, they didn't want to kill her because it's not good to kill a lady. And so they just basically nicked off a little bit of her nose and little bit, you know, gave a little nick in the ear as a warning because they knew that she was Ravana's uh, sister. And uh, so when that happened, she assumed her real form, which was a Ugra Rupa, very frightening form. And that's why she she's called Shurpanakha. She had huge, she was huge, she had huge nails in the form of a winnowing basket called Shurpa, soup, they say like that, what is that, uh, I don't know what is that called, in, uh, you know, it's like this wide and it narrows and it's got a little bit of an edge, what is that called? Ah, soup, ah, yeah, yeah, maram, yes, yeah. So, her nails were like that. And in fact, uh, people who have uh, an idea of Samudrita Lakshana, they have a, there is a book, fascinating book. Yeah, Samudrita Lakshana is a very fascinating book because it's a, it's a book on how to decode, uh, how to decode this, uh, what is it called? Uh, facial uh, characteristics and attributes into what? Into how it translates into uh, behavior and you know one's personality. Ah. That's why Rama is doubted as having a perfect face, a perfectly proportionate body. Of course, something was going on with the arms because the arms were up to the knees, but uh, barring that, <laughs> But barring that, he had apparently the face, you know, usually when you cut the face here, where the nose is and half of the mouth and half of the chin from the forehead is cut, they say that the left side of everybody's face is not like the right side of everybody's face, of the same person's face. Left side, right side, there will be some uh, differences. One eye will be little small you know, making it look like a person is winking all the time and, uh, you know, the nose will be a little bit turned this way or that way 
and uh, you know so the face will be slightly different but for rama it was perfect so according to the samudrika lakshana the one who has this this kind of a what is that uh, shaped nails and i just showed you the shape narrow usually it should be you know straight and long but it is narrow uh, I, i mean it is broad uh, what is disproportionately blob you know narrow at the cuticles and broad as it comes out ratio of you know 1 is to 2 so this uh, uh, shows a, a nature that is very bestial which is what she assumed and then she proceeded to devour them and they just they knew that if they had the you know uh, whatever cut off anything else it would not have had the effect but for a woman the ego is there in how she looks and so the uh, nicking off of the nose and the ears sent her crying back to you know bhaiya to <laughs> in her to her brother and so this this shows us something very important this shows us that anyone can become virupa in a second uh, once you know if once what is that the desires are are thwarted between a rakshasa and a normal human being there is not much of a difference that's why these stories are there all the rakshasas have wonderful forms yeah look at uh, that fellow bhasmasura came as a wonderful form fellow and then you know they and then just before he died he assumed a terrible form and all these asuras are like that they have they look like anybody walking down the street well dressed nicely appearing everything but then you know you you make them you you challenge their uh, desires and when their desires are thwarted what happens they assume a terrifying form very 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 frightening and therefore what so therefore this is the uh, this is a very uh, important thing to uh, know that there is no uh, the asuras just uh, portray the low threshold of the human being when their desires are what thwarted so anybody can become a virupa in a matter of seconds you just have to find the right button to push ah that's all it is that's why teenagers and young adults exist yeah so to <laughs> to take that out of the equation by bringing it out and showing you a side of yourself you don't ever want to meet and so this is this virupa and then what happens now uh, so what's the point here to have self compassion compassion for oneself and compassion for that inner beast that can come out any time and if you have compassion for your inner beast if you develop compassion then it becomes easy to develop compassion for other people's inner beasts especially if they belong to your family ah, one has to one has to be able to look upon all you know all these kinds of situations with love and the only way to do it is to ishwarize them ah, you know 
So this is what the whole thing. We have to Bhagavanize them. We have to see Ishvara in each and every situation, each and every thing, each and every, you know, even things that are looking disfigured. And then what I told you, it has two meanings. One was this, Virupa means disfigurement. And the other one, Virupa, when you say, uh, you know, there is a Virupaksha, like there is one, you know, uh, some, some uh, Tirtha is there, some, where the Lord is called Virupaksha and Virupa. Virupa here means, uh, you know, the one who is not wearing any clothes. Second meaning. Actually, there is one more meaning. Second meaning is the one who is Digambara. Digambara means what? The one for, for whom the dhoti is space. Ah. You know, space is a dhoti. How is that even possible to wrap space? This is Bhagavan because from, from whom space and time has come? For whom the space is dhoti and time is angavastram, that upper cloth that you put on the shoulder. This is Bhagavan. So time and space are what? You know, they are just mere alankaram. So therefore it is called virupa, meaning, you know, the unclothed one. And here it is more of a, you know, this meaning is more, uh, what's that? More Puranic in nature because when you look at all these Puranas, then you have the, uh, what is that called? Descriptions of Lord Shiva as not wearing anything and all this kind of thing. But from the stand, you know, that doesn't really, you know, the, the, the Puranas came after the Upanishad. And so we cannot sort of bring that meaning here. The meaning is better, you know, that the one who is free of time and space, Virupa, you know, second meaning. So, unto that Virupa, Namaha, because, well, you know, for the regular people or in the Jagat, what is happening, you know, one is trapped by time and space. Yeah. And in fact, in the Shvetashvatara Upanishad, a very beautiful verse is given on the same lines. Yada, yada, charmavad, yada, charmavad, akasham, you know, veshtishyanti madavaha, tada devam avidyaya, dukhasyanto bhavishyati. So, yada, when all human beings, so the human race, what does it do? It learns to wear the space as a dhoti. Only then you can hope for moksha without knowing Bhagavan, without knowing oneself as Bhagavan. There is a very nice verse. Sometimes we should study that. It's very beautiful. So, so yada jarmavad akasham veshtaishyanti vanavaha Tada deva mavignaya dukhasyanto bhavishyati. So you can be dukhasyantaha. So when uh, you know you can hope to be free of sorrow uh, without knowing Vedanta, without knowing yourself as Bhagavan, when, when you learn to wrap space as a 
dhoti elsewhere it is said when you learn to roll up space as a carpet yeah so that is not possible so that means what one is under the spell of space and one is under the spell of time this is the problem space time become a jala a net you know they become a net that trap like the birds are trapped in a net you know, sometimes the net is rigged up and then the hunter doesn't have to stand there because as long as the hunter is standing there the bird will not uh, come so some uh, uh, unfortunately this is what they do they put uh, they put a net and then they you know put some lure some food and all these things and the hunter goes away and then all the birds goes away it stands somewhere hidden and then he pulls a tree whatever some kind of a rope and then the net closes in unfortunately so many birds are trapped and they use them for uh, what is a tarets especially for astrology and pets everything keep them in a cage and all horrible things and so like this uh, you know one is in the net of time and space time makes you run space makes you feel afraid i don't have space <laughs> ah i need space how much space you need for oh, no, no, i need a bigger house yeah same person in india was you know there uh, at that time the definition of space was that which was occupied at the end of the couch along with six other people in the free seating so they, they had no problem yeah one bedroom house even now in an average thing like at least 10 12 people can easily live yeah you know five people in the living room five people in the bedroom easily no problem everything just you know the sofas and all are put to the side and then uh, you know on the bed rolls come out and they are rolled out and then people sleep but then coming here everybody needs what space and what do you have to do to space you have to buy space ah you buy space per square foot yeah that's you know that's like one of wabala's foot so <laughs> yeah so you are paying money per square foot and you are purchasing space that means you are a slave of space really you are enslaved by space because you are purchasing the space and uh, okay maybe the person who is very rich is free of no in fact they have more problems because the more the square footage of the house the more the book book in the heart somebody will come somebody will steal somebody will do something somebody is doing this somebody is doing that you know what is that att no that is uh, something else add ha ah. add sprinkle some ddt around also for good measure you know there is there is a situation ah. more things to guard and then you know and then you have uh, First, there is a dream house. Oh, nice backyard. Who is going to do? You know, the backyard means that the yard that breaks the back. Ah, it is an English samasa. Ah, that's why it's called backyard. Ah, so this is the dream house, the big backyard. And then after that, you need a big paycheck for the big gardener to come and tend to the backyard. and then you have to you know deal with that fellow i do this 
and then another pui and that's another problem with the pui because things keep falling in it and you need another person to go fishing in the pool every uh, you know I, I i went to i was giving one satsang this was in florida giving one satsang and then i was sitting like this behind you know on the side were windows and then i was overlooking the pool and then suddenly this fellow is coming with a net and going all around while i'm talking and then uh, i just wondered what is he doing because i had not ever seen that so many new things i learned and then i was informed that he fishes out all the you know leaves and other things that so that they don't clog the drain another problem and in the winter the whole blessed thing has to be drained down maybe not in florida but if you are in michigan you have to definitely do that yeah unless you plan to go ice skating on that wow in the winter then it has to be drained out then it has to be filled up with all this all for the sake of i want space Ah, and in this year you don't you know you are spaced out. That's that's the that's all the only space that is here is in the head. Yeah, so all these this dream house is a way of becoming enslaved by space. The dream house usually turns into a nightmare when you plan to sell it. Ah, because nobody wants to buy your dream. They have their own dream. Why will they buy your dream house? Ah. They're not crazy. They will have their own dream house, and your dream house, you know, you'll have you'll have had some crazy ideas. You know, the kitchen should be like this. You know, this should be like that. They don't want your kitchen. Yeah, smelling of Indian food, you know, from five feet before you enter the house. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, people are afraid in uh, so many places to even to rent a room to Indians. Ah, because all the food goes into the drains. and uh, and uh, the smell of the food <coughs> is there because here we don't we, we, we don't have ventilation here in india it's not a problem all the windows you open and you cook it doesn't matter even if you cook three times a day here people even if they cook once a week you know, <coughs> <laughs> you know it goes into the curtains it goes into the walls and it becomes a serious competitor with brahman who is more permanent you know yeah <laughs> annam brahmeti gajanat you know that is <laughs> brigu made that mistake of thinking annam brahma because <laughs> because annam was lingering everywhere in the surroundings and he got confused Annam is also so permanent. Annam must be Brahma. So, like this, you know, one is enslaved by space. I need more space. I have to have more space, and the one who has more space is more what rich. I mean, you don't even forget the house example. Go inside an airplane, ha, ah. and there is one, especially from international um, airplane. And in this airplane, first you go and you see that oh my God, so commodious. What is it called? First class. Ah. And you can put two seats together, make one bed, and you can sleep there. And then you have to now there. Very fancy. You can have your own cabin. You can have all kinds of things. Yeah. Only thing is. it comes you know at the cost of what one one month's paycheck yeah you know <laughs> for you and the significant other to travel by this first class then the business class 
half a month's paycheck, you know, goes in that and then what? Then you have the Janta class. Yeah. Economy. Even in that now, economy plus some areas have started. Yeah, plus means what? You know, there is a semblance of one inch of space. Yeah. yeah, there isn't really space, but there is a semblance of one inch and it says 30% more recline. Huh? Did they measure it? No, they just made it up. Yeah. So we have space this way and space this way. Ah, 30% more recline. You know, all these things are there. They, they give you in the brochure. And then, but the cost is 50% more or the 30% more recline. So therefore, you know, these are, uh, there will be only a few seats in this, uh, what is that, plus economy. And then when you go, and then it feels like, oh, I want that because I am stuck here in the middle seat, you know, between two sthula dehas, you know, and uh, I am stuck here and between two bada mahatmas, you know, <laughs> and then, and then what? I would like to go over there. And then you start feeling, I deserve it. I need it. I have to have it. This is how one is, you know, what is that? One is uh, lulled into an idea of more money is equal to more space. And even though you feel like you are buying space, so the one who purchases is the master, correct? The one who sells is, is, is someone who is at your service. No. Every purchase is at a premium here. Because each time you purchase, you know, you fall into this trap of purchasing space. Then what happens? One is getting closer and closer. One is in the middle of one's enslavement. This is what the whole thing is. And enslaved by space. Because it all comes at a premium. And the one who is paying money for this service is the servant. Really. They are not the master. So mastery over space, virupa, means the one for whom space, you know, the one who is beyond space, beyond time. This is the whole idea. So in invoking Bhagavan as virupa, we are doing ourselves a great favor and seeing this, you know, seeing space as a construct. This is very important to do every day. You know, look around you, look at the space you enjoy in your house, in your surroundings, if you are sitting in an airplane and just see that this is a construct. Space is a concept. Time is a concept likewise. Europa includes both space time here. That's why I have to discuss time also. Time also is a construct. Oh, does that mean you go past 8 o'clock? Because I really have to go to work. <laughs> so, don't worry. You know, uh, we, will, we will firmly follow the rules of Vyavaharika Satta. We will follow the rules of the transactional reality. So then what? So time is another construct. Always, both this space and time, they bring the feeling, of, they contribute rather, they fuel the feeling of inner scarcity, which one is already born with. I'm not enough, I don't have enough, nobody loves me enough. 
nobody cares for me enough so this not enough is a refrain it's like a chorus you know i don't have i don't have i don't have like tanpura you know in a music concert what does this tanpuri uh, what does it do you know ah it keeps the shruti in the background and here shruti doesn't mean a a note shruti here means what shruti here means notes of discontent are not enough i don't have enough and when we buy into a space time as absolutes rather than constructs that shruti gets even louder imagine a concert where the tanpura predominates let's say the person who is uh, the man or woman playing the tanpura you know grabs all the mics and puts it there so the vocalist has no mic and the uh, you know tabla player has no mic the violin player has no mic and all the mics are amplifying the sound of the tanpura and muting other sounds this is what happens when we buy into the space and time as absolutes rather than constructs one has to understand this every day we wake up with a, with a thought and if you don't have that thought automatically you know this is all what is that people ask vedanta day to day this is day to day vedanta wake up and tell yourself you know i am satchidananda i am beyond space beyond time even if you the next thought is oh my god i'm late for office doesn't matter <laughs> at least have that thought first ah oh my god what do i have to do today i have an appointment doesn't matter if that thought comes wait first thought should be guru ba free of time free of space very beautiful you know free of time and space means i am the witness because space is a how do i do this there is a little analysis involved here because space is what an object of my observation right yeah that's why you get a creepy feeling when someone is following you and breathing down your neck you haven't seen them but you get a creepy feeling why because you feel like you you have been spatially violated encroached upon that's why if somebody creeps up behind you you still know correct so this is what is called sakshi pratyaksha you don't see space because it is not objectifiable by the by the five senses you don't see time likewise it is not objectifiable by ears eyes etc what do you do you feel time you feel the space and that is through a witness perception because if you've been waiting for 10 minutes you know it without looking at the watch you know oh i think the time is so and so you already know and everybody sitting here even though you know you haven't looked at the watch you know that ah oh, we are about midway in the class everybody knows how do you know this huh? you haven't looked at the time this is what is called sakshi pratyaksha witness perception so anything that is an object of perception is not absolute in fact the only thing that is absolute is you that is looking at the relative relative doesn't think, don't think of brother in law i mean i mean time and space here ha huh? mm-hmm. ha huh. yeah this is you know so you have to think of the time and space as a as 
as not you know as not absolute if they are not absolute what are they relative this is why einstein is worshiped as a rishi amazing that's what the whole theory of relativity is about is that time and space are not absolute time bends what did you know time oh my god time bends this is what is it that's what is called a time warp time bends and then if you you know and the time here is measured by the speed of what light 186000 miles per second so time and space are measured through the speed of light space warp time warp is there and if you are inside this warp then you are not seen ha huh. that's how they are building this cloak of invisibility it's amazing what all one can do with this and so therefore time and space are are objects of my perception and this is a just basic vedanta 101 logic anything that's an object of my perception is what not i anatma is not absolute this is the thought one has one is encouraged to have upon waking up then what third meaning of virupa is Hmm. You know, the simple meaning vijataha rupaha yasma from whom the form has departed, meaning free of form. Rupa. Third meaning. Third meaning is what? Free of all forms. Even though we like to visualize Rudra and Nilakantha and you know, Bhasma, Dhulita, all these things. we would like to do that but still that is just for the sake of you know uh, dhyana one pointed focus so that you can see shiva meditating uh, or you can visualize your ishta devata you know vishnu lying on the adishesha um, all these things you can you can uh, visualize for the sake of developing bhakti ganesha iti modak all these things you can visualize for the sake of uh, you know krishna playing flute all these for the sake of developing bhakti it's just like you know you know it's just like a a baby stage in developing devotion so then what happens after a while that is why the worship of shivalinga is very close to nirguna because it doesn't really have any form which if all forms in the universe are patted and made into one form it is it is called shivalinga that is the whole idea so the 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 idea is to or even saligrama same thing it you know it is reduced to one chakra one shankha something like that you know so it is very uh, it is it is used the the whole bhagavan in in both the tradition whether you take the shaivite tradition or the vaishnavite tradition or even if you take the shakta tradition shakta tradition they will just have two eyes you know in a slanted uh, way they will have eyes or they will have the shri yantra which is again an esoteric representation of shakti so therefore one has in a way graduated from the need to hold on to forms and coming close to the formless and that is the idea in the hindu tradition this is what is encouraged 
So the idea is not to velcro yourself to the form and not let go of the form. You, you let go of the form, by, it's not that you stop visiting the temple or you stop becoming a bhakta. You are a bhakta, but your bhakti does not any longer need the various, you know, insignia of that Bhagavan like the, you know, crescent moon or the Shankha Chakra or these kinds of, you know, uh, you know, trunk and modak and uh, abhaya hasta. All these things you are able to enjoy without needing it to, you know, what is that, to ha have unshakable bhakti. That is the whole idea. You get into the place of being a jignasu bhakta and then a jnani bhakta. Note that the word bhakta is there even after jignasu and after jnani. So one is a permanent bhakta. You can't really get, that, get rid of that epithet. So don't think that after studying Vedanta, I am going to be what, you know, I, I will have uh, you know, I will, I will transcend bhakti. No, that bhakti is, is you. That bhakti is a, is a state of devotion and surrender and it gradually, you know, what, evolves and there is space for it to evolve in the Hindu tradition. That's why we first study the Karmakanda and then go to the Jnanakanda. In the Karmakanda, all the rules become very important. This is how it should be done. That's not how it should be done, you know, do like this, offer with this hand, don't offer with that hand, you know, and don't do this, do that, all these vidhis and nishedhas. So, how to's, itikartavyata is there and then how not to, you know, nishedha means all these prohibitions and uh, injunctions are there. And the prohibitions and injunctions are the stepping stone for growth self-growth so that when the bhakti matures in the person in the beginning one is a 911 bhakta i have told you that yeah despo devotee yeah despo means desperate yeah suddenly you know nothing works and only bhagavan works and then so 911 when do you call 911 only in an emergency you don't call 911 to say hello operator how are you doing are you having a hard day Nobody does that. Ah, I just thought I'll remember you because you have such a hard job. Nobody does that. 911 you call when it's a life-threatening, you know, emergency. Ah, and so therefore, you know, therefore what? That is the first stage. It is in, in Sanskrit, 911 devotee is called Artha Bhakta. Artha, Artha means afflicted devotee. Nonetheless devotee. Ah, and then what? Second one is a little more, what is that, you know, season. Ah, what does that fellow do? That fellow says, you know what, I am going to name my enterprise Balaji Enterprises. You be the sleeping partner. You are lying down on Adi Shesha anyway. Yeah. I'll do all the work. And then what? I will, I will, 50% is yours. You know, Lakshmi is laughing, Vishnu is laughing. If anybody is sleeping, you are the sleeping the sleep of Tamas. Yeah. Anadi Nidra, you are sleeping. 
you know a beginningless sweep of ignorance thinking that i am the sleeping partner because of whom you are even having this idea is me that is the, the thing but bhagwan doesn't say anything and 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 bhagwan's name is used he has to bless so he blesses and this fellow dutifully takes the all the money to tirupati and puts it in the kundi that is what he does and so this is what is called arthaarthi you know arthaarthi means only interested in his own security or her own security and as a result of that goes and bribes bhagavan with all kinds of things tries to buy that security it's a nonetheless bhakta you know artha bhakta 911 bhakta and then what you know arthaarthi bhakta what shall we call this person in english oh uh, what is that buying the grace of the lord yeah yeah so the the one who buys the grace of bhagavan and even though it's not for sale and then later one starts to get some understanding who are you or at least understanding doesn't mean understanding understanding is a different kind of an inquiry who are you what are you and how am i connected with you this is what is called what is it called jignasu jnatuichu the one who wants to learn about bhagavan not for the sake of getting something but for the sake of bhagavan alone that is also bhakta then finally what the one who knows that bhagavan is you know free of all form and yet no form is there without the presence of bhagavan all forms are bhagavan bhagavan is not any one form all forms are pervaded by inhabited by bhagavan isha vasya vidam sarvam but because that is the truth then bhagavan cannot be any particular name or form because then bhagavata will be limited so this is all, this is jnani jnani is also what bhakta the bhakti has evolved here in this fourfold classification in the beginning it's only one is so you know like one is just going day to day and one is getting into trouble and then thinking that bhakti will help so bhakti is used as a tool to for some kind of a what is that you know a, a, instead of anti anxiety pill one is taking bhakti pill you know that is the whole idea because bhakti is an expression here of one helplessness and in the second stage one learns that without bhagavan nothing is possible slowly slowly one is learning and so one is using that prayer to milk the grace of bhagavan for again various ends in life then at the third stage one starts to look into the nature of bhagavan where are you who are you you really control everything what is destiny what is free will these are the questions that a lot of people come when they uh, you know Uh, what is that? Have questions in the in the beginning about Veda. What is karma? What is destiny? Where is free will? Who is controlling things? You know. And then, interestingly, when we study the Upanishad, again same questions are asked by the student to the teacher. Kene chitam prechitam patati manaha. Where do the thoughts in the mind come? Who is putting the? Who is dropping the thoughts in my mind? 
Very interesting. Whose mind is it? Your mind. But why will somebody drop the thoughts? Because the thoughts come unbeckoned. I don't know what is going to be your next thought, you know. That I don't know is not surprising. But you yourself don't know what's going to be the next thought. So obviously there is something there. And who is this? You know, Kela Pranaha. And then Kela Ishitam. Vajam. You know, because of whom is this, uh, you know, this, the, the words speak. You open your mouth, you know what you are going to say. And whatever you want to say is what comes out. Yeah, unless, you know, somebody has had a stroke or something, then, then also the person knows, I want to say this, but that's not what is coming out. And, you know, so like this, this is how all the Upanishads start. The Upanishads, uh, the students in the Upanishads who are asking such questions are what? Are uh, this thing, Abhijnyasu Bhakta, so really, to study the Upanishads, one has to go to that level and there already one is seeing Bhagavan as everything and everywhere one is starting to do that and one is freeing one's own concept of Bhagavan from being rooted to a particular place and form and a particular Akara. So that is the, uh, the, the Jignasu Bhakta. Then what? Jnani. In the Jnani Bhakta, knows that everything is Bhagavan and is surrendered to whatever happens, however it happens, because there is no Artha Kama pursuits and Bhagavan becomes the pursuit and that Bhagavan cannot be pursued because what? It is oneself, it is understood as oneself. So one sees the whole world as, you know, as sacred. That is the meaning of Isha Vasu Vidam Sarva. So one is a Bhakta all the time and here, the Jnani's Bhakti is the, is the ultimate. Why? Because Bhagavan says in the Bhagavad Gita, Udara Sarva Evaite. All of these Bhaktas, don't, I mean, we like to laugh when we describe the uh, Ajnani Bhakta as what? Oh, desperate fellow and, you know, praying to Bhagavan. And then the half-half Bhakta, 50% yours, 50%. Oh, how can anybody be like that? We like to make fun of them, but Bhagavan says, Udara, they are all great, they are all exalted. Udara means exalted. They are all Sarva, you know, Sarve, uh, Sarve Udaraha. They Sarve, all of them are exalted. But he adds, Jnani tu, Atma Eva Mematam, that Jnani is myself alone. Mematam doesn't mean. I, uh, in my opinion, that's not how you should translate. <laughs> yeah, and then because that gives room for you to say, well, that's not my opinion. <laughs> so whenever Bhagavan Krishna says "me matam" in the Bhagavad Gita, that that means this is the fact. He's just being modest here, in my view, and in my view means what? In, in Bhagavan's view. That is all pervasive and, and uh, you know, the final view. So you cannot say, oh, in your matam it is like this, my matam is different. I come from Dvaita matam. So therefore, <laughs> you can't do that. He is not open to discussion. You know, it's not like, oh, will you have samosas or will you have, uh, you know, kachori? Will you have Dvaita or will you have Advaita? And this person wanted to be what? 
very diplomatic. Didn't want to get into uh, what is that, you know, offending the host. So the person said, you half samosa, half kachori, please, half half. And so if you if you translate that into the Dashtaka, it's like little bit of Advaita, little bit of Veda. Little bit of Veda, little bit of Abheda. There is no Vada. Veda, Abheda, Vada. Yeah. And so what is what is that? See, sometimes everything is different, sometimes it's all one. You know, everybody is happy. This is this is doesn't brook, you know, this kind of a, what is that? There is no array of opinions here. There is no room for array of opinions. Virupa means Virupa. You cannot say, you know, sometimes Virupa, sometimes this, you know, you can't, you know, there is no place for that. You have to see what the Upanishad says and that's why we have a history of commentaries. Even predating Adi Shankara, Raudapadacharya, etc., you have to see what this is trying to, you know, what is the tatparya, what is the commitment of the Upanishad. And that's why the Rudram is called Rudra Upanishad. Yeah. And uh, very powerful, very, very powerful. And so therefore, this is, you know, Virupa means the one who is formless. And we can't just gloss over and say the one who is has many forms and the one who is formless because then there will be a contradiction. How can something have many forms and how can something also not have forms? All forms are Bhagavan, are pervaded by, permeated by Bhagavan. No form and name are devoid of Bhagavan. Bhagavan is the isness, the presence in every name and form. Is the sentience in every name and form and limitlessly so. But Bhagavan is free of all names and forms. All names and forms, you know, collapse in Bhagavan, go back to Bhagavan. Bhagavan is not any one name or form. Guru. And then, very beautiful, and the very next thing is Vishwarupebhyaha. Vishwarupa means what? You know, all names and forms. Uh, that's why it took me so long to explain this because now Vishwarupa becomes a cakewalk. Yeah. The whole Vishwam, the whole Jagat is his what? Is his form. You can't even say his at this point. He's Bhagavan's form. And uh, so the whole Jagat is Bhagavan's form and every manifest form is Bhagavan. Every manifesting form, Bhagavan, the power to manifest in the form of Hiranyagarbha, etc., Bhagavan, and every unmanifest form in the form of Maya Shakti, etc., also Bhagavan. This is very difficult to understand, but it has to be understood. You know, like when we take the example of golden ornament. Golden ornament is a better example than pot and clay. Because we have to put the pot in the oven to make it, you know, uh, to make it into, uh, sorry, you have to put the clay into oven to make it into a pot. And uh, golden ornament is good because the, the, the weight of gold, uh, the weight of the ornament is the weight of gold. The color of the ornament, color of gold, the shine of the ornament belongs to gold. 
million ornaments one gold so the gold is present in every ornament so in other words you can say every ornament is nothing but gold then a very important question is gold ornament no that's why when you say golden chain we are making a uh, super in, uh, imposition a wrong super imposition yeah there's the golden chain you can you know you cannot say chain then gold you can you have to say huh? ah and you know you cannot say golden bangle bangle gold ah they like that you say chain gold chain and gold chain gold bangle gold ring gold yeah because gold is a substantive so because of our agnana we have made the language so that we be take the chain to be the substantive and the gold to be the attribute it's not golden is not an adjective here even though we are using it adjectively ah this is what has to be understood this is vishwarupa vishwarupa is knowing the chain the bangle and the ring to be chaini bangli and ringi gold ah what we shall see tomorrow om bhum namadastu namadantu nadu namadachate purnasya purnamadayapo namivashute om shanti 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 hari om shri gurudev namaha hari om